It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Thursday morning at Wax. Good morning, Bob with you. Joe's in, uh, on vacation here, taking some uh, time off over the holidays, uh, enjoying a little family time where she went and what she's doing. I have no idea, but we'll find out when she gets back. But in the meantime, we're doing the chores alone once again this morning here at the Shank of the Day. Glad to have you along. We'll take a look at some of the news in agriculture as we uh, move through the morning. We'll also, on this 29th day of December, get an update to what's going on with uh, Ag Resources. Don Bossy, you know him. He's on a lot of, uh, of these virtual meetings and giving his outlook on what's ahead as far as commodities. And we'll hear from him as we go along. We'll talk about the new farm bill. And the National Corn Yield Contest is over. They've announced the winners. A little surprising to me this year. The winners from Virginia, where it's been the last few years, but we'll talk about the yields and all those sorts of things. Also, we'll uh, give you an update on the weather, and boy, it's nice out there this morning. Holy mackerel, you don't have to wear too many clothes out there today because the choice, just wear some good boots because you're going to have puddles and everything else to go through as the weather's warming up around our part of the country. We'll take a look uh, at the calendar and remind the ag bankers to get signed up. Today is the deadline to sign up for the uh, annual Ag Lenders Conference, the Western Wisconsin Ag Lenders Conference, and that's coming up in January. But again, well, actually, the deadline was yesterday, but I'll bet if you uh, gave them a call at the Extension Office in Eau Claire, you'll be able to get in. So again, it's a, it's a good meeting, 40th Annual Western Wisconsin Ag Lenders Conference Always a lot of good information shared for the bankers, among the bankers, with the bankers. But that meeting is actually on uh, Thursday already next week, January 5th. So if you're an ag lender, that's maybe where you want to be on January 5th. Weather-wise, boy, oh boy, it's going to be one of the, the nicest, or I say warmest, New Year's Day and New Year's Eve that uh, that I can remember. Usually it's bitterly cold, but not this year. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Nice and warm, especially compared to a week ago. It's 37 degrees around here right now, and most everybody is above freezing in the area. That's right here at 5 o'clock in the morning. We'll get upper 30s today, cloudy skies uh, tomorrow. Probably be a little colder, probably down into the teens overnight tonight, Friday going to be cooler. Partly cloudy, we should see a little sunshine. High 23, then 34 on Saturday, 32 on New Year's Day. Tuesday, could be right at 40 degrees or better, with some rain in the forecast. Right now, it's 37 degrees in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls area. I got the Farmer's Almanac. We've been talking a lot about ice fishing. I talked to guys, they've been ice fishing for quite a while. they got more guts than I do to go out on, that, on some of that early ice. But according to the Farmer's Almanac, safe ice thickness, and uh, ice for, I don't care, the ice will hold me, I don't care how thick it is, but uh, the safe ice thickness, three inches, that's enough to support one person on foot. Four inches is enough to support a group of folks in single file. Seven and a half inches will support a passenger car. Eight inches will support a light truck. Ten inches, a medium truck. So again... I don't know how thick the ice is in different spots, but if you're going ice fishing, 
Have fun and enjoy it. It's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's start with some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. A top Southwest Airlines official says the airline's meltdown was predictable. Captain Casey Murray, the president of the Southwest Airlines Pilots Association, said he always feared Southwest was one step away from a complete meltdown. His comments come after Southwest canceled over 2,500 of its flights today as of 10 a.m. Eastern, according to FlightAware. That's the majority of all cancellations as most airlines are back up and running after a major winter storm. Southwest is blaming scheduling and other issues for the problems. Water pressure in Jackson, Mississippi is improving. That's according to Mayor Chakwe Antar Lumumba. Our goal is to try to get pressure stable, uh, samples pulled and tested, and the precautionary notice lifted by Saturday. The mayor spoke on Wednesday as the capital city remains under a boil water notice that was first announced over the weekend. The death of a missing Princeton student has been ruled a suicide. Chris Caraggio reports. 20-year-old Misrach Iunati was reported missing from campus back in October after she failed to show up to a U.S. citizenship interview. Her body was found a week later on campus. It's now been confirmed by a New Jersey medical examiner that she died from a self-inflicted overdose. Iunati was on a full scholarship to Princeton after graduating first in her high school class. I'm Chris Caraggio. An accused Northern California serial killer is facing new charges. Local authorities are adding four more murder counts after Wesley Brownlee was charged in October with three murders. At the time, there was not sufficient evidence for the other charges. The additional murder counts announced Tuesday include one previously unreported death, bringing the total to seven murders and one attempted murder in Stockton and the Bay Area. And former Pope Benedict is very sick. His successor, Pope Francis, made the announcement on Wednesday. The 95-year-old Benedict resigned in 2013, becoming the first pope in about 600 years to step down. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. If you have travel plans for New Year's weekend, don't change them uh, unless you unless you got a ticket on Southwest Airlines. Then everything is uh, everything is possible, and anything and nothing is possible with Southwest Airlines. So uh, again, but if you're going to travel, should be good to fly. Should be good to drive. Maybe walk, whatever the case may be. 39 and cloudy today. Tomorrow it'll be a little cooler, but we'll have a few sunshine, a few peaks of sunshine and a partly cloudy day. High only in the low 20s. Weekend, New Year's Eve day, New Year's Day should be nice. Partly cloudy, a little sun peeking through. 34 on Saturday, 32 on Sunday. And Monday, there is a chance of rain. It'll be about 37 and 40, more the same. Cloudy chances of, well, I should say, precipitation. Might not be all rain. It could be mixed. But the forecast right now, 37 on Monday, 40 on Tuesday. Everybody around our area is above freezing this morning. Rice Lake and Medford at 34. Marshfield's also at 34. Wausau, 36. La Crosse and Green Bay at 40. 41 in the Madison and Sun Prairie area where they're getting ready to hoot and holler down there for the weekend. Milwaukee at 46 and a very pleasant 37 degrees right now where I'm at. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's give you some market information courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. And taking a look at the, and the market's pretty much a Regular week because of the holiday being on the weekend and especially on Sunday. Monday is when, uh, you know, there will be a slowdown in the markets. But as far as the rest of this week, 
open and on time. Choice fed beef steers in the trade this week. 143 to 157. Mixed steers, 114 to 142. Choice fed beef heifers trading 142 to 157. Mixed heifers, 99 to 142. Choice fed Holstein steers, 130 to 134. The select and silage fed 96 to 129. Taking a look at the cow market, the cows on the top end, 64 to 82. The bulls, 74 to 94. Butcher hogs this week trading 54 to 71. The sows, 38 to 42. The boars, 15 and down. Shorn market lambs, 127 and down. And the feeder lambs, 155 to $2. Mercantile exchange, livestock futures, cattle prices. Live cattle were mixed yesterday, February at 157.80. That was down 7. April at 161.77, down a nickel. June at 157.95, that was up 27. Feeder cattle were up across the board. January, 183.47, closing up 37. March, 186.20, closing 80 cents higher. April, 189.50, up 37. May feeder cattle, 192.50, up a nickel. And August at 202.55, up 47. Hogs were mixed. Lean hog carcass contracts for February finished at 90.80, down 67. April at 96.57, up 12. May at 101.52, up 52, and June hogs, 108.87, that was down a nickel. Board of Trade was mostly higher at the close yesterday. Both corn beans, or all three, I should say, corn beans and wheat. Drier South American weather is uh, making corn and soybeans a little more attractive, and wheat was a little higher chance for winter kill with this rough weather. Overnight, they all gave a little back, though, overnight. March corn down three cents from yesterday's close at 679. The oats down seven at 369. The March wheat down seven to eight cents at 777. March soybeans down a penny at 1512. But that's still 12 cents above where we were yesterday. March meal down 270 at $458.60. Cheese prices were unchanged yesterday. Barrels 185.5, the blocks 215.5, butter 238. December class three down two at 2051. January down 22 at 1961. February down 24 at 1857. March class three down 25. At 1845, and the April Class Three price was down 26 cents at 1878. And prices were mixed out into next fall. Coming up, we're going to have part of a conversation we had recently with Brady uh, Brody Staple. Brody is the president of Edge Dairy Cooperative. He's a Cedar Grove area dairy farmer. We caught up with him in Kansas City, talking about uh, some of the issues that he and the cooperative are looking at in agriculture. Next on Wax, it's ten and a half minutes after five, thirty-seven degrees. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. One of the important organizations in the dairy industry of Edge Dairy Cooperative, of course, and Brody Staple is the president of that. Also uh, operates his own dairy farm in the Cedar Grove area. And as first of all, Brody, as a dairy farmer first and a co-op president second, what are the important issues that you're looking at as we go forward? I mean, we're seeing prices in 2022 have, have been stable. What do you think going high in 2023? What are you looking at? What's important to you as a dairy farmer first? Well, you know, it's always it's it's the same things every year, right? You know, we need a market for our product. 
because we can't turn the cows off and we need to continue to make milk and continue to turn that milk in Wisconsin. We turn that milk into cheese. So we need a home for that cheese to continue to go. And as our cows get better at producing milk and as we expand our businesses at home, we need expanded markets. We need Either people need to eat more cheese or we need more people to eat cheese. So that's always been something on front and center on our mind is making sure that we have a, a good spot to, to process and to sell our product. Are you satisfied we're doing that? We've got processors, but as far as the market, you take a vacation, I take a vacation to Arizona or someplace, and you're, oh, we'd love to get more Wisconsin cheese. And the question I always have is, why can't we get more Wisconsin cheese? That has to be in your mind as a dairy farmer. Yeah, right. We can make it, and we have the cows in Wisconsin to make it. Uh, certainly, you know, that, that sort of goes up and above my pay grade. But, you know, working with the processors and, you know, the grocery store chains, that whole supply chain to, to move the cheese, you know. Wisconsin does a really good job at um, making a lot of different kinds of cheeses. So, you know, why, why we can't get more cheese in Arizona, I, I can't answer that question. You just wish we could. Yeah, absolutely. The more cheese, the better. We can move them. And one thing about making cheese in Wisconsin, 90% of ours is Class 3. What would you like to see as far as modernizing federal milk marketing orders to make pricing more equitable? I'm going to have to defer to Michael on that question because, okay. you know, there's they say there's three people in the world that can understand federal order pricing and two of them are dead. So <laughs> That's about right. But as, but as far as the issues going forward, what are you... Uh, in your organization, Edge Dairy Cooperative, talking about as far as dairy policy and with who? Yeah, so we've got this um, Farm Workforce Modernization Act that deals with immigrant labor. Uh, as you know, we can't turn the cows off, so we need that year-round sustainable workforce on, on our dairies. And um, it's always been a challenge. It's been a challenge for a long time as we run our family businesses to find the people to, to milk the cows and to feed the cows and to take care of our cows. So that's something, you know, in down in Washington, D.C., we've been talking to our policymakers. The Farm Workforce Modernization Act made it through the House, and now it's sitting at the doorstep of the Senate. And we're hoping that in this lame duck session we can get this to get through the Senate, uh, something that we've been working on for a couple of years. Uh, it's in no, by no means a perfect bill, but it has a few things that we need to get accomplished. And that is the two, the two main things that are in there that we really need is a... An opportunity to keep those that are here here and, and figure out how they're here, who they are, where they're at, but then also a, a good system to bring new people in, um, to keep them here, to get them here legally, and, and to put them people to work. As you talk to the powers that be in the Senate, and I've heard some distressing news about that bill that uh, I'm not sure it's going to make it through, but everything about agriculture is being modernized but not the guest worker program. I mean, you come to pick watermelons for six weeks, then you got to leave. Dairy is a different, a different animal completely. So how do, we, how do we get through to those people that always want something else? If I vote for that, you've got to give me this. Yeah, you know, some people don't realize how big the dairy industry is and what a, what a need there is there, you know, because I think a lot of the fruits and vegetable people take a lot of that seasonal labor, and they think that's all we need in this country. But, you know, we'll continue to bring our voice to Washington, D.C., and, and bring bring it to the light that we need a year-round workforce. You know, the other thing is technology is evolving, and technology is becoming more affordable, uh, so we can replace some of that labor on our dairies. Uh, but The it, optimum word, though, is some. 
Some, yeah. It, it comes at a cost, right? And and then you have to look at at the farm overall and the succession plan and, and is this farm going to be around in 10, 15, 20 years or am I just going to ride into retirement and then I'm done? So, you know, that technology becomes should I, shouldn't I? Uh, so, and it's it's not cheap either. It comes at a And that's uh, Brody Staple, president of Edge Dairy Cooperative, a Cedar Grove area dairy farmer. And, of course, we alluded earlier, I wanted to play that because, uh, you know, it doesn't get a lot of headlines, that modernization of the H-2A guest worker program. But, folks, like the uh, Edge Dairy Cooperative uh, leadership, Brody and uh, his other board members, other cooperatives, other farm organizations that know what dairy is all about, know how important revision of the uh, modernization, I should say, of the H-2A guest worker program is. And I have not checked to see how our two U.S. senators voted, but I would be very surprised and disappointed if uh, they were not in support of that bill. I mean, the Senate didn't even bring it up for a vote. So, uh, you know, they, uh, so you can't tell how they voted. But, uh, again, what about their support and how far they're pushing that bill, but that is a frustration. You work and you work and you work, and it doesn't even get a vote. That's frustrating. 18 minutes after 5 o'clock, take a look at some of our other news before we move forward and find out uh, what's on Don Bossy's mind as far as, uh, you know, ag resources and uh, the outlook ahead. But this year's National Corn Yield Contest winner is from Virginia, but it's not the corn-growing record holder, David Hula who also farms in Virginia and is a multiple winner of this contest. The winner this year is Heath Cottrell, who farms near Chesapeake, Virginia. Cottrell's winning yields were just over 394 bushels an acre from a non-irrigated conventional tillage plot, and it was his best crop ever. The second high yield this year came from Maryland at 384 bushels an acre, and those are big numbers, no question about it, but they pale in comparison to the the records. And by the way, this year's contest had over 7,400 entries from 46 states. But again, this year's winner was a long way from uh, David Hula's record crop of over 616 bushels an acre back in 2019. And Hula also before that, or I believe uh, maybe a year ago, he had 602 bushels an acre. He's the only person ever to grow crops of corn over 600 bushels an acre, even test plots. But uh, again, the record, uh, not the record, but the winning entry this year, 394 bushels an acre. And that's uh, that's not a bad yield, but it's a long way from 600. So uh, that's, that's from the National Corn Growers Association. That contest going on a long, long time. All right, coming up, we're going to hear from Don Bozzi and what's going on as far as... Uh, his outlook into what's going on in the future. It's almost 20 minutes after 5 here at Wax, 37 degrees. We'll go up a couple more today, even from here. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 2022 was a mixed year for net income for commodity prices, not only in the United States, but around the world. Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And looking ahead to 2023, what's going to happen in the Ukraine? What's going to happen for weather around the world, including drought in the United States? Stephanie, some of the experts are willing to stick their neck out and make predictions. That's right, Bob. And right now the prediction is that we know the global agricultural marketplace is always changing. 
But the prediction is that another great economic reset is happening right now. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. This is according to economist Dan Bossy. He's the president of Egg Resource Company. And he says between inflation, severe weather, war, and limited farmland, economic economic competitiveness is going to shift from global to regional. He explains how this shift is going to impact agriculture in the coming year. And he also shares how Wisconsin farmers can stay profitable even when the world trade picture is starting to shift. Yeah, so as we think about the world, you know, we've really changed after the pandemic. I don't want to call it the Roaring Twenties, which is what happened after the last pandemic, but it's somewhat similar in that market volatility is going to remain extreme. Some of this is related to trust. I think we mentioned in the conference about trust. We don't have trust of political leaders. We don't have trust of the media. We don't have trust of our neighbors sometimes. And so all of this trust leads to market decisions and leads to markets being much more volatile, which along with what we believe to be something related to globalization, and then a change to regionalization really gives us this new era in world and American agriculture. And what does this mean from a, a, the marketplace standpoint, whether it's dairy, whether it's corn and soybeans uh, and dairy components, not just fluid milk? Well, you know, when, when the corn market or dairy markets were moving $2 a hundredweight or 40 cents a bushel, markets were not as important as they are today. We're seeing markets now move a couple dollars in corn, 6 or $7 in milk. This has been happening uh, routinely. And so when, when we look at producer net revenue, the amount that you get to keep, we're now finding that over 60% of that net, net revenue is your decisions of what you market your crops or milk or other things are in the marketplace. So never before has information and markets been more important American agriculture than they are today. And on the input cost side of things too, whether it's feed or whether it's fertilizer, can you give us a global view at how the marketplace for those items impact Wisconsin farmers going into the new year? Yeah, you know, if you think of our friends in Russia and Belarus, I mean, they account for 43% of the world fertilizer production. That area is in turmoil right now with the war. Uh, Russia's promising to boost up their fertilizer exports, but as you think about pricing, it's going to stay high. Everybody has their hands in the American farmer's pocket, uh, uh, whether it be uh, higher interest rates, higher diesel prices, higher fertilizer prices, higher seed prices, labor prices. There's not one area on the farm that isn't seeing a higher uh, price hike this year compared to last year. And I think that trend basically continues, but this gives the farmer anxiety because his costs are going up and he now needs to make sure that there's a margin there, but that margin in market terms is volatile. And so uh, understanding all this and putting it together into a plan becomes more difficult. We haven't touched yet on weather and how that's impacting our global agricultural market. Well, you know, I, again, I'm not political on either side, I, and, and, and some people see climate as being a political argument. My vision is that we know by the data that climate is becoming more variable, and we have a new word in our office called heatflation. If I look at just the past year, we've seen episodes of heat we've never seen before globally, India making it up to almost 140 degrees last March. This has a big impact on crop production. It's really caused global crop yields to stagnate. Now, if I don't have global crop yields rising as they normally do to technology and better farming practices, that means we need more acres. And so our forecast is that the world needs to bring in crop production, additional 24 million acres in the next five years. That's not coming from the United States, the black season problem. South America needs to do it, but it's a hard ask and it's a hard place to do that kind of acreage increase.
Um, before we talk about production numbers here in the U.S., I, w- I want to go back to another implication of weather. Mississippi River levels, record low. Can you elaborate more on that, a key transportation vein in the U.S.? Yeah, if you think about the Mississippi, it is the artery of American agriculture. I mean, it's the, the competitive advantage that we have to have that river flow through right in the right spot for American agriculture to bring our product to the Gulf, but also bring back fertilizer and other goods that we need to the north. So, so, so important. And the price of moving things on the river these days is now two and a half times above normal. And so when you look at the cost of corn or soybeans or wheat down at the Gulf, those prices are some of the highest in the world. And when you're the highest price, that means that importers don't buy that. The river levels today, as measured in St. Louis, are negative. And so the only way we keep the river flowing is by aggressive dredging. And that dredging costs a lot of money. And so uh, if we don't get some changing in the pattern, if we don't get our river level improving as we turn the calendar to 2023, this is going to become a bigger issue. We've kind of been doom and gloom <laughs> this conversation. I want to ask you if there's any optimism before we talk about some of the other issues that farmers will be facing in 2023. Um, what, anything you're looking forward to, anything positive or optimistic from your standpoint? Well, I, I think generally, I mean, we're talking gloom and doom because of the world logistically and some cost structure. But when you look at the demand side of agriculture, the world will consume more grain this year than we produce for the second time on record. And so this is really important. We're in demand-led markets. We've got new uh, demand drivers such as renewable diesel sponsored by California, Oregon, and Washington. Uh, we've got very strong cash margin markets because of crush margins that are as high as 3 or $4 a bushel in soybeans. So there's some real things to be bullish about. I, I just worry about the volatility and want to encourage farmers to use that volatility to their advantage when they think about markets and their opportunities. Soybean meal may become cheaper for dairy cattle feed, other livestock, something maybe to take advantage of in the next couple of years? Oh, absolutely. If you look at the amount of soybean meal crush facilities being built across the United States, U.S. crush capacity will increase 26% in the next three years. We've never seen that in a decade, much less three years. North Dakota has more crush capacity than soybeans. So this is a demand driver. This is all because of renewable diesel and those big credits that California, Washington, are, and, and Oregon are paying for low-carbon fuels. The problem with is that if I squeeze a bean, soybean, I get 11.6 pounds of oil and 47.5 pounds of meal. What do I do with all that meal? And so the dairymen will be key to that. Meal prices will head down over time. We only have two export points to get rid of meal around the, to the world. So domestically, I've really got to take up meal consumption. Dairy is going to be very key to that. And dairy may be key in another sector as well, the beef industry, which you say are confident in a bullish beef market. Yeah, the big beef bull market for agriculture in 2023 and 2024 is cattle. The U.S. cattle herd is now uh, dropped, the beef cow herd has dropped to levels we've not seen on record. So as the western drought continues to limit forage availability and cow slaughter rates stay elevated, the bullish market for cattle really comes into four, and I need every dairyman to think about breeding some of their lower part of their herd to a cross so that we have another calf, bull calf, uh, Angus cross, maybe it's a Hereford or something like that. But we need those wet bull, bull calves or heifer calves so that we can expand the cow herd and beef to get back to levels that will be sustainable. Today, the demand for U.S. beef is going to be outstripping supply for years to come. 
Another question you've been getting from dairy farmers, is lab-grown or synthetic dairy or meat products going to take over the marketplace? And you're optimistic that traditional agriculture has the edge when it comes to large-scale production. Oh, more than the edge. I think we are the catbird seat, and we really can go there. I, again, I, I, the, the food table is big enough that if somebody wants to try a synthetic dairy product or synthetic meat product, we need them. But I don't think it becomes mainstream. And we can look at Beyond Meat, and we can look at some of the Memphis meats or some of the other products and see that they just can't garner the kind of uh, uh, market share that is needed to be revolutionary. So again, they have their place at the table, but it's not the point that we need to be worried about in traditional agriculture, at least just yet. And again, that's Don Bozzi talking there, Stephanie Hoff, again, a guy that's got a real handle on what's going on in agriculture and all commodities for that matter. And a guy that uh, knows, obviously, what he talks about. It's 5.30 in the morning. Speaking of beef, we're going to get an update on where the markets are this week. Rocky's going to join us next from over there at Premier Livestock and Withy. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, let's get an update on the markets for this week. Let's go over to Premier Livestock along Highway 73 and Withy. Rocky Olson is with us. Morning, Rocky. Good morning. Have you ever tried any of that synthetic beef or fake beef or I'd plant? be about scared to. Well, I'll tell you, I, <laughs> I looked one time at a package, and uh, there are more ingredients on there than there is um, than there is in a, you know in many other food products. And yeah. then you pick up I mean, a ground beef, and it's a pick up a package of hamburger, and it's ground beef. <laughs> yeah, and for supposed to be all plant-based, it's not very healthy for you either. No, it's uh, pretty... Uh, Pretty scary when you see all those different ingredients on those labels, that's for sure. Well, we've been dealing in real beef, as we always do at Premier Livestock. How's the market been going this week? Uh, Thank you, Bob. Good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We sold 200 head of dairy cattle, uh, lots of tremendous quality cattle once again. Top Supreme Fresh Cows brought 2,300 to 3,650. We sold lots of full loads of fresh cows, averaging from 24 to 3,175. Top load of fresh cows averaged 3,175. Top uh, crossbred fresh cows had some spectacular crosses uh, from 2,000 to 3,550. Uh, those more common cows, 14 to 2,000. We also sold in uh, organic crossbred dairy herd. Uh, they're from mostly from 1,250 to 2,000. The organics topped at 2,250. Uh, next week's dairy cattle auction, we've got another showcase of fancy top uh, parlor freestall cows, some exceptional registered Holstein breeding bulls, big enough for cows. All those details on our website. Uh, next Next week, Tuesday, is also going to be our special feeder cattle auction. We're also selling bred beef cows. If you have consignments, very important that you call us. Let us know you're bringing them. Uh, check the website for all the details at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us, 715-229-2500. Don't forget, next uh, upcoming machinery auction will be on March 24th. So that is the way it's shaped up, Bob. That'll be here before you know it. I know it. I know it. You got equipment? Let us know. Yeah, what you you advertise them for them and everything, don't you? Oh yeah, you bet you all over the country. And where do you you sell this stuff? People buy online. That uh, online bidding really makes a yeah, difference. Yeah, I think it, most sales. Uh, you know, we kind of about a, eighteen to twenty states seems to be on the average that we sell to. Wow, that's uh, that's a yep. that's a big crowd, buddy. Yep, and other countries too. So wow, all right, all right, Sounds thanks, Rocky. Good. Have a good one. Thank, thank you. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. 
Well, I don't know what the weather in March 24th for that machinery auction is going to be, but I know for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day 2023, it uh, shouldn't be too bad. Let's find out. We've got Mike Dandria. And Mike is our uh, resident meteorologist over at Skywarn 13 this morning. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm well, and I know the weather is going to be good because I saw you standing outside doing your weather forecast without a stocking cap pulled down over your ears. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't have that, and I didn't even have the winter coat this morning. Oh, no, I know it. You had to comb your hair. Yeah, right. <laughs> what little I have. I was going to say that's uh, pretty close to a number one. Yeah, it's uh, that's actually what I get. Or I get a zero on the sides, and I get a two on the top. Well, there you go. Then you can stand inspection. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but it is really, I mean, like everybody around the area, nobody hardly is below 32, are they? No, there's uh, just some places far up north, like Hayward's at 31. But, I mean, this is something you don't typically see in December. Usually you walk out the door and the air hurts your face. But today it's a more of a breath of fresh air. And going throughout the day today, we'll have temperatures mostly into the mid to upper 30s. Some places may even touch the 40-degree mark. Now, we'll have some cloud cover hanging around and, well, potential for a few bouts of drizzle, but most of the day will uh, stay dry. Later tonight, a cold front will move through and bring our winds more out of the west and maybe a chance at a, a brief snow shower and dipping our lows mostly into the upper teens and low 20s. And then tomorrow will be a little on the cooler side. We'll tap into more sunshine, but our highs will be into the mid to upper 20s. Back into the mid-teens tomorrow night, but by Saturday, still around the freezing point for our highs, so that's well above average as we'll have some cloud cover throughout the weekend, but highs getting back into the mid to upper 30s going into Sunday. And then by Monday, we'll have a chance at some showers, maybe a bit of snow mixing in with that, uh, but highs again into the mid to upper 30s. Tuesday likely bringing a little bit of rain as we are tracking the potential for the storm system moving in, which will have some cooler temperatures on the back end. Wednesday will be mostly cloudy, still above average as we top out into the upper 20s. At the moment, mostly cloudy, and a few places are looking at just a little bit of drizzle, but a temperature of 36 degrees in Eau Claire. Man, oh man, January, what, second or third, you're talking about rain around here? Yeah, how often do you talk about that? Not very <laughs> often. Uh, you you can put your stocking cap away for a few days. For a few days, but we all know oh, yeah. we, we still have handy. plenty to go, yeah. Absolutely, know where it is. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely, Bob, have a good one. You bet, you too. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13, looking at our weather forecast on wax. Again, 36 right now, about 39 the high today. 24 minutes before 6 o'clock. We'll catch up with Morgan in the news. We've got markets. Lots still ahead, but Mike's Weather brought to you by Bluff Country Feed and Seed. Uh, they're growing and they're waiting for you. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And before we get to the markets and more farm news, let's get to look at some of the other news going on in our area. Morgan McCarthy joins us once again to tell us what's happening. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Morgan. Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Wheels up. Well, not for really. More like frustrations are up. Patients are low around airports. And this is a point the only canceled flights in Milwaukee's airport around Southwest. You've likely seen that trend across the Union, and the airline canceled another 30 flights out of Mitchell Airport. FlightAware, which tracks cancellations, said Delta, SkyWest, and Spirit haven't canceled anything. Milwaukee's not alone. Southwest once again canceling about 2,500 flights nationwide. 
as part of its week-long struggle. In other headlines, there are questions to answer about a woman's death outside of a Kenosha-assisted living facility. Police found the 89-year-old woman outside Parkside Manor last Monday morning. Investigators say her death is related to the cold. Temperatures in Kenosha bottomed out at 8 degrees last Monday. And Kenosha police say they sent that case to prosecutors for possible charges. And Madison student is saved from being scammed out of $30,000. As Madison police say the college student was bombarded with emails, calls, and text messages from a scammer impersonating a Chinese police officer. They claim the student was involved in a criminal investigation and needed to pay thirty grand to resolve the situation. Now, fortunately, her bank raised some concerns when she tried to send the money. They did block that transaction. Speaking of students, Governor Tony Evers considers investing in Wisconsin's kids an investment that no one will regret. The governor tweeted that since his time in office, the aid per pupil has increased more than $300 per student. Because of the additional financial investment, Evers says the state's schools have returned to the top 10 in the country after falling to 17 under the prior administration. And holidays. We love them, but let's face it, they can get stressful, especially if you're hosting, have a lot of family around, the kids are home from school. So do you have to go number one, a number two, or a number three? Sometimes that number three is just heading to the bathroom to get some good old-fashioned time by yourself. The One Poll survey found that 51% of adults in the U.S. go to sit on the toilet so they can have some peace and quiet. And it happens more often when there are more people in the house. Parents with kids living at home are three times more likely, 62% to 23%, to go to the bathroom to be alone than single people who don't have children. I'm Michael Kastner. And out of the outhouse, back to the barn. We send it with Bob Bolsold and your Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Yeah, that's what modern plumbing has done. It's taken away that togetherness, you know, and it's 20, 30 below zero. You might think twice about going to sit on the stool out in the outhouse rather than modern plumbing inside. So uh, good and bad about everything. All right, it's 20 minutes to 6 here at Wax. Again, 36 degrees. More farm news markets. We're not done yet. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Taking a little more of our farm news, when the new Congress convenes next month, one of their big jobs in 2023 will be to write a new farm bill, something they are charged with doing every five years. And the new, excuse me, the new chair of the House Agriculture Committee, Congressman Glenn Thompson of Pennsylvania, says his priority is to get it done on time. But he also says there are a couple of other options, neither of which he likes. One would be to let the current farm bill expire at the end of September and go back to permanent law, which was written back in the Dust Bowl era of the 1930s. So you can imagine about the provisions of that law. Or Congress could simply not do its job and just pass an extension of the current farm bill. Thompson said besides getting a new bill written on time, he will push hard for stronger crop insurance provisions in the bill as well as expanded access to high-speed Internet connections in rural areas. He has not said yet, at least I haven't seen yet, if he has uh, scheduled any preliminary meetings with his new committee to talk about uh, the new farm bill when the new Congress is sworn in and the Republicans take over the House in 2023. And the number of hogs across Wisconsin the country is down as we get to the end of the year. The national herd on December 1st 
just over 73 million head, down 2% from a year ago. The drop market hogs down to 67 million head, while the breeding herd was up slightly from a year ago to just over 6 million. Here in Wisconsin, on the first of this month, there were 345,000 hogs. That's down 5% from a year ago. Breakdown shows Wisconsin had 51,000 breeding animals and about 294,000 market hogs. Iowa, as you might expect, is leading hog-producing state by far. Well over 23 million total head of hogs, followed by Minnesota in second place with 8,600,000 pigs on their farm. So again, Iowa about uh, three times more hogs than any other state. And Minnesota second, North Carolina is a major hog producer as well. All right, we've got uh, 17, almost 16 minutes before 6 o'clock. And we've got 36 degrees, going to about 39 today. Should be a a nice day temperature-wise. It'll be mostly cloudy, though. Not a lot of sun today. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's quarter to six here at Wax and uh, market time. Sale barn activity is full speed ahead this week, so they had a sale at the equity barn up at Barron yesterday. And here's Brittany to tell us what happened. For cull cows, our top 20% sold from 78 to 84, topping at 86. 60% sold from 57.50 to 77, and the bottom 20% sold from 57 and down. Cull bulls sold from 89 to 101, with thin, full, and bulls over one ton discounted. For our calves, quality Holstein bull calves sold 80 to 135. Our next sheep, goat, and small animal sale is January 21st. If you have any questions or would like to consign animals to our next sale, please contact us at 715 715- Five three seven five six one eight. This has been Brittany with your Equity Baron Market Report. Thank you and have a great day. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And now let's go the other direction from Bairn down to Sparta and find out what happened as far as the markets are concerned. Ed Huddyman was there to run the sale yesterday at Sparta. Hud, how'd we do? Fed cattle selling steady to higher today with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers 155 to 165, topping out at 169.50. The Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 144 to 154, Dairy Cross Steers 135 to 150, Highland Choice Holstein Steers 132 to 140, Choice and Select Holstein Steers 121 to 131 with the unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers 120 and down. Cow market steady today with the Highland Cows 78 to 88, topping out at 90. 250. The cutters and utilities, 62 to 77 with a low yielding in Canada cow, 61 and down. Bull market steady with most bulls bringing 80 to 90. With the thin, full and bulls over a ton discounted at 79 and down. Calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80% of the Holstein bull calves bringing 70 to 140. Quality Holstein heifer calves, 30 cents to a dollar. Quality beef calves, 2 bucks to 320. With the light and poor quality calves, 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Monday. January 2nd, starting at 12.30 with sheep and goats, followed by hogs, calves, fed cattle, bulls, and cows. This is Hot Amon at Equity Live Second Sparta with us, marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We've got more markets to get to. It's uh, about uh, 11 minutes before the hour, and we go now to Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Good morning, Jerry. How you doing? Well, good morning to you, Bob. We're doing good, and it's uh, uh, 11 minutes before 6. Oh, that's what did I say? Before 5? Well, you just... 
No, you were just kind of hesitating. <laughs> well, I have trouble reading these clocks nowadays. <laughs> I can't read an old-fashioned clock with hands on it anymore. But, yeah, we're uh, closing in on 6 o'clock. Let's just leave it at that. Well, you've been watching uh, football. I watched the game last night or yesterday. It was really good. Kansas and uh, Oregon, they went to three overtimes. What was it, 55-53 to 53 or something like that? So, well, I know yeah, Min- I didn't, Minnesota uh... plays today. They play in New York. Yeah, I didn't watch the I didn't watch the end of that game, but there is a yeah, four or five of them today. So if you didn't get your fill yesterday, there's more today and tomorrow. Oh, and uh, the day after that, the day after that, the day after that, we're got a lot of football. That is for sure. Well, we should uh, catch up because uh, you've had a busy week over there. In spite of the fact that we're looking at the holiday on Sunday, it's a full marketing week. What's been going on so far this week at Stratford? All right, Bob, thank you, and we'll tell the folks about it. Uh, from the sale yesterday, we'll start with the feeder cattle sale yesterday. Lighter weight beef steers are selling mostly from $1.35 to $1.65. Heavier beef steers selling mostly from 108 to 135 Lighter weight beef heifers yesterday from 137 to 162 Heavier beef heifers, uh, they are selling from $1.08 to $1.35. Holsteins, about all weights of Holsteins from 87 up to a top of $1.30 on the lighter weight Holsteins. On the uh, fed cattle market yesterday, choice grading Holstein steers, 122 to 137, select and underfinished cattle, 120 and below. On the cow market, high-yielding fleshy Holstein yesterday from 72 to 78. So far this week, cow market has stopped at 89. Most of the cows so far this week, 52 to 72. Thinner cows, plain carcass cows, light carcass cows, plainer cows, 50 and below. On the bull trade this week, better quality bulls are from 82 to 94, and your lighter bulls below 80. Calf market, good quality Holstein bull calves, selling mostly from 70 to 145. Uh, we did top so far this week, earlier in the week, up to 170 in the bull calves. Fairly limited demand on the heifer calves this week, uh, and those good quality beef calves, uh, mostly from 150 up to 280. And uh, we continue the marketing week here in Stratford today. We start this morning at 11 o'clock, uh, full marketing day, all market cattle today, and, uh, of course, baby calves also. That'll be about 12, 1230 this afternoon. And don't forget, our next dairy sale in Stratford will be next year, January 3rd, Tuesday. Uh, and when next Wednesday, we do have a special bread beef cow sale coming up. That will be on Wednesday, January 4th. We already have uh, bread beef cows on the consignment list for that sale next week. So, Bob, that's what we have this morning. Uh, you guys enjoy the day, and uh, maybe if it uh, warms up enough, maybe I know they were out yesterday trying to scrape some of this stuff off the side road. So, warms up enough, maybe we'll get down to the gravel again. Yeah, I think we will. It's uh, really backing off a whole lot, that snow and that uh, frozen stuff on the highways. So, I'm sure the plows will be out doing some good to clean off those roads. And as we get to a little moisture in the form of rain, that'll that'll make a difference, too. All right, sir. Well, we'll let you uh, go get caught up and get your easy chair squared away so you can watch some football today. Well, we got to eat breakfast first. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> eat breakfast and then watch football, and uh, we'll talk to you bright and early tomorrow morning. Bob, you enjoy the day. We certainly will. Jerry Fitzgerald over the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And taking a look at the rest of our markets, courtesy of the folks at Synergy Cooperative in Ridgeland. On the Board of Trade yesterday, the markets were higher. Corn and beans on some drier South American weather and wheat on a concern for a chance for winter kill with those bitter conditions we had a week ago. Overnight, uh, then they were down overnight. March corn down three at six seventy nine. The oats down seven at three sixty nine. Wheat 
March contract, seven to eight cents lower overnight, seven seventy seven. Soybeans down a penny at fifteen twelve. Soybean meal down two seventy a ton at four hundred fifty eight dollars and sixty cents. Dairy products were all unchanged yesterday. Cheese and butter. Barrel cheese one eighty five and a half. The blocks two fifteen and a half and the butter at two thirty eight. Class three prices were lower. December down two at twenty fifty one. January down twenty two at nineteen sixty one. February down 24 at 1857, March down 25 at 1845, and April down 26 at 1878. And taking a look at our uh, country elevator prices as far as grain prices are concerned, at Wheat and Grain at Chippewa Falls, corn 622, soybeans 1444 at their Connersville location. The corn today is 622, the beans at 1434. At our country elevators on the DTN screen. Baldwin corn six thirty five, the beans fourteen thirty two at Durand corn six twenty six, beans fourteen twenty six, Mondovi six thirty seven on the corn fourteen thirty one on the beans, Elmwood six thirty five and fourteen thirty six, Fall Creek the corn is down to six seventeen, the beans fourteen eleven, Osseo the corn is six forty. Soybeans fourteen thirty six out at Elk Mound corn is six twenty eight beans fourteen thirty four Sparta six twenty three and fourteen twenty six at Ellsworth corn six oh five beans thirteen eighty two at the ethanol plants corn today at Boyceville is six fifty four Stanley six forty two and at the New Richmond grain facility corn is six thirty nine and once again weather wise pretty nice weather here to wrap up the year. Today, cloudy, about 39. Tomorrow, a little cooler, coolest day of the period here. That'll be down to about 23 or so for the high tomorrow. Partly cloudy, so that means we'll see a little bit of sun, so that'll make up for some of that. Saturday, New Year's Eve day, 34, partly cloudy. New Year's Day itself, 32 and partly cloudy. And into next week, into the new year, temperatures upper 30s on Monday with a chance of some precipitation. Tuesday, it's going to be right around 40 with a chance of precipitation. And right now, 36 degrees here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. Everybody enjoying a pretty nice morning. Enjoy a pretty nice day. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.